0: Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna, speaking with the people behind Electronic Music. It is May 2020, and last summer of 2019, Peaked hosted Andrew Belt, creator of VCV Rack at Supply Frame. A month before, Carson Sestelli asked the Left Coast Lights Slack channel if anyone had a venue to host Andrew Belt for a lecture tour in the Bay Area. I asked Rich, my partner in Peaked, and he was able to set up as part of the Hardware Developers Didactic Galactic, aka HDDG, series at Supply Frame. I had the honor of bringing Andrew Belt to the stage for an in depth lecture and demonstration, followed by a live VCV Rack performance by Anti Negative, an LA based electronic musician. And during Anti Negative's set, Andrew told me he didn't know VCV Rack could do that. I was in awe of Andrew's humble reaction. You can also find the video recording on YouTube under supplyframe.fm. You can also find the video recording on YouTube under supplyframe.fm, which Rich Hogben did a great job of capturing AV. This was an extraordinary experience for everyone in attendance and myself. Thank you, Carson Costelli, for being the middleman to make this happen. Carson performs under the artist's name Actius, which he and I have shared the stage at resonant frequencies and resident many times. We also collaborated last year and recorded a single, which will be available later this year. Now, please enjoy Andrew Belt and Anti Negative. Welcome to HDDG by Peaked, an electronic music meetup for enthusiasts. I'm your MC, Corey Luna. On AV, we have Rich Hogben. We are hosted here at Supply Frame in San Francisco. At Peaked, we interview music makers of electronic music where you can learn about their creative process, how they create their music, followed by a live performance. And we have another show coming up Wednesday next week. HDDG number 41 is next week on the 18th. The topic is biohacking with an implemented RFIDs. With a live demo. Yeah. Uh, tonight, we talk with VCV Rack creator Andrew Belt. And afterwards, after his uh, talk, hang out for socializing and a VCV Rack music by Anti Negative. So please welcome Andrew Belt.
1: Thank you so much for coming out. I'm really excited about the turnout, this is fantastic. So thank you again to the uh, HDDG event hosted by Supply Frame and Peaked. And uh, today I'd like to talk about uh, VCV Rack, the history of it, what it is, the new features of VCV Rack, and then give you some of the future developments about it. So I'm excited to uh, present uh, VCV Rack 1.0, and this is sort of a uh, release party, which is, where all this pizza is coming from? <laughs> no, th- thank you uh, for uh, for uh, you know coming out and and uh, seeing this talk. So uh, so uh, as you can see and you just heard, this is uh, VCV Rack being played in the background here. And uh, the idea of this is it, it's a piece of software which goes back to the uh, original uh, creation of the modular synthesizer and. Uh, Uh, In in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, Don Buchla and Bob Moog invented the modular synthesizer, which was, uh, you can think of it as sort of like Legos of synthesizers. And it it was actually the precursor of the modern synthesizer. So instead of purchasing a single unit that would play sounds, you had to piece together each sound component into uh, one patch. And then you connected cables in the front and then turn knobs and sliders uh, on the front, as well, to create your sound. And so Rack is an emulation of these older platforms, but it's also a modernization of it, as well. It, it's based on the Eurorack standard, which came out, I think, in the 90s, and then uh, it's been very popular. It's increasing in popularity as more people get all this hardware. But it's still a little bit out of reach for all the, uh, the people that you know, want to create modular synthesis music. So, VCV Rack is an open source platform for uh, Mac, Windows, and Linux. And it's completely open source, which means that you can uh, download and use it for free. And you can also view the source code, make your own plugins for it, and make your forks and, and uh, hack onto it. And uh, I created this project, I think, starting in 2016 or so, released it in late 2017. So it's less than about it's less than two years after its public first release, and uh, uh, it's taken some time, but 1.0 has finally come out, which is exciting for both me and the users uh, that use it. Uh, so uh, this patch uh, behind me was was made by uh, I forget his last name it, it, Lars uh, in dedication of this 1.0 launch. So I thought it was kind of appropriate to play here. Uh, So the idea is, you can zoom in and uh, view all these modules which are made by uh, different creators and different software developers. And you can take a cable and then you can drag it to any other location. So I can take a cable here and then drag it into, uh, you know, other inputs like this or whatever, and uh, you can create modules by uh, right-clicking on an empty spot, and then viewing a, a demonstration or a, a sort of uh, overview of all the modules that you have. You can sort through them and uh, search for what you want. And then once you find what you want, whether it's an oscillator or a filter to process sound, you can add it to the rack and then move knobs uh, just like you can with the real hardware. So as you can see, everything is front panel patching. There's no uh, back or there's no other menu that you need to use to uh, to make these patches uh, it is completely what you see here is what you get and uh, uh, and so uh, all this audio and all the modulation is flowing through these cables it finally gets to the output which is this audio 8 module here and that's what you can hear so the goal is to Produce signals and then combine them in ways that you feel fit, and then you get your uh, final audio. So, uh, let me ask uh, who has heard of VCV before this presentation? Awesome, that's fantastic. Okay, more than half of you, I think. And then, uh, how many people are interested in, in hardware or watch YouTube videos of EuroRack hardware and things like that? Great, okay. so. I think a lot of people in the audience and in the world use VCV as a sort of hardware emulation. This music's too depressing, I'm going to turn it down. <laughs> All right, I love it. It just needs to be in the major key or something. But, uh, okay, so uh, yeah, VCV is a way to kind of get a simulation of hardware, but a lot of people are using it in ways that you can't use it, uh, you can't uh, you know, flex hardware to do. And uh, it combines the best of both worlds to uh, to give you a, a sort of uh, digital on uh, you know in the box platform that does things that connect outwards and connect with all of your hardware and uh, modulation uh, you know controllers and things like that. So I'll be talking about that really quick. Uh, first off, VCV Rack. Uh, I, I started the project uh, two or three years ago. But today, it's, uh, it's not just me, it's... Uh, VCV is, is a collaboration of the developers that develop for Rack, as well as uh, me and all of my collaborators that I work with directly. Uh, I have a graphic designer, uh, Wes Milholen of, of Grayscale. He makes hardware modules as well, so he's an expert of uh, the Eurorack and Buchla format uh, in, in hardware. But he's also a really great graphic designer, uh, that's kind of his main focus, is product design and making something that users can really connect with. Uh, so this is a huge collaboration. We have, I think, 150 uh, individual plug developers, and uh, each of them are using this open source uh, SDK or API to make modules and then put components on it, program the digital signal processing or the DSP code, and then uh, release it as a package that users can download. So uh, I think since its release, uh, we now have about 120,000 users. And uh, several of those users support the project by purchasing the plugins that we release commercially under the VCV brand. Uh, you can also buy other third-party plugins uh, through the VCV store. And all of this supports the community financially. Uh, and uh, all the people that you know develop all these plugins are supporting it through their time and their dedication and skill and expertise. So uh, yeah, it's about 150 people involved with this. And uh, between them, they've made about, I think, 1,200, maybe 1,400 modules. I lose count every day, because there's new stuff coming out every single day. I think uh, at least two or three modules per day, which is more than I can learn if I was constantly using this uh, software just as a user. But to each their own, they can uh, create uh, patches which they, uh, which um, use modules that they like or that really appeals to them. And uh, you know, it's kind of like a a really musical sort of Legos. Um, It's the closest thing we have, I think, to this original uh, hacking idea of of, uh, putting together components like Legos into something that you have created on your own, rather than using other patches or other people's work. So uh, it's a really great way to just, uh, you know, learn about synthesis and then do something that is inspired, or that, that uh, you are inspired by, you know. Uh, so uh, I, I showed you um, a, a little peek of this first uh, 1.0 feature. So uh, 1.0 was the uh, first uh, stable release, and that was about three to four weeks ago. Uh, Since then, uh, most of the plugin developers have ported into that new API, so they can take advantage of the 1.0 features. And uh, one of those features is that you can view all of your modules uh, in this uh, module browser software. And so you just right-click in the rack, or you hit Enter, and then you can start searching. So I can say, I just want a VCO, or Voltage Controlled Oscillator, and then all these VCOs behind me are uh, are pulled up, and I can just scroll through here. I see the descriptions and then uh, the names, and I can put them in my rack uh, by just uh, clicking and dragging. Um, so uh, each of these can be explored for hours, but uh, you know a lot of them follow classical techniques. Like this is just a uh, low or high pass filter, and. Uh, each module has its own sound because it has its own DSP and uh, its own appearance and workflow. So uh, to, make, uh, to make modules uh, a little bit easier to uh, move around once you've added all the modules that you want, uh, we added this feature called a uh, force dragging, dragging in uh, 1.0, and you hold control or command on a Mac, and then you can just drag a collection of them to shove everything out of the way, so this would take what I just did right now would take me about 15 minutes in hardware because I have to <laughs> unscrew everything, and then I have to move all the power supply, you know, of of each of these modules, and it, it's a pain. But uh, with this, it makes it a little bit easier by just uh, clicking and dragging, and and I can move everything. I can you know I can take this module uh, here, I'm dragging it around, and then if I want to put it in between something, I can just hit Control, and then now it's between these two modules, and I can drag this one back. So it's a really great way to assemble your, uh, your virtual hardware rack um, so that you can begin patching. So once you begin patching, we've added uh, some really cool features that uh, give you um, the ability to use multiple voices, and so that's called polyphony. And let me uh, restart this with just the default uh, template patch. When you download Rack 1.0, this is what you'll see. This is the, the default. It's a pretty good uh, starting place for beginners, but for experts, it gets you right into uh, what you want to do. So this is uh, what's called a subtractive patch. And a subtractive patch starts with an oscillator, which is currently uh, oscillating, even though you don't hear it. And uh, it's passed through a filter, and then through a, a VCA, which is a voltage-controlled amplifier, to adjust that sound. So. If I select an output here, then I can begin playing with my QWERTY keyboard. Uh, and so this MIDI to CV interface will convert the keys on my keyboard, or if I plug in a MIDI controller, it'll convert the notes that I play into uh, this one volt per octave standard, which is uh, at least 30 years old, and that's what the original synthesizers uh, used, or, or most of them, um, and uh, a gate signal, which is Uh, a signal which is zero volts whenever you're not pressing a key and 10 volts whenever you are holding on a key. And so, I just play this patch. It's like a normal synthesizer. Uh, uh, And and, uh, from this, you can just add modules and uh, add more modulation to this patch and then just remove this patch and then it'll get you going. Uh, In 1.0, so this, Default patch is new uh, for people that need a a little bit of a a kick to get started, but it's it's also designed to make polyphony very easy. If you right click on the MIDI to CV interface, you can just select polyphony channels, and let's say I want to play four notes at the same time, I just hit four, and then all these cables just got thicker. Uh, And the reason why is each of these cables carries uh, four voltages, or four channels, or four signals, And, uh, you know, they're thinner than this cable. That's a monophonic cable, which only carries one cable, or one signal. Uh, These are now carrying four. So if I play four different notes at the same time, I can make a chord, and that's very good for uh, people like me who play piano and, you know, chords on a synthesizer. It's, It's a generalization of modular synthesizers, but it makes it very easy uh, to do that without rethinking your patch or trying to put in multiple modules. And what's happening on the core is that each of these uh, cables, when I request four channels of polyphony, uh, each of these cables will, will carry uh, four signals, which will then be routed into the V per aux signal, right here the voltage-controlled oscillator will start uh, oscillating uh, with four independent engines based on the pitch input here, and then the outputs of each of those four engines will uh, create four different saw waves because I have a cable plugged into here. So it sends all those four saw waves out into this cable, it sets four channels, and then it passes to this VCF. The voltage-controlled filter then recognizes that it has four channels, outputs for filtered channels, and so on. So everything automatically just turns into polyphonic without having you know, uh, separate modules uh, to achieve those multi-engine uh, uh, DSP kernels. So at the very uh, last module, you have the audio eight, and I have uh, these two polyphonic cables being plugged into the left and right, each with four channels. Audio 8 obviously can't play four channels at the same time, so it just sums them together. And the sum is what you hear when I play a chord. So I can just play anything like that. Um, it supports up to uh, 16 channels, so uh, you can use MPE-capable devices if you have uh, one of those uh, touch controllers, like the Roly or uh, Lightbridge or whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> And uh, this is, yeah, like I said, this is my favorite feature, but it's definitely not uh, the, you know, the the most uh, work. Uh, We had a lot of work in in extra MIDI interfaces, so a lot of people were using MIDI controllers to control Rack, either by playing a keyboard or by turning knobs, which would be converted to uh, zero to 10 volts in this virtual world. Uh, By the way, everything here is just voltage, and there's no difference between an audio signal and a control voltage signal or a low frequency uh, modulation signal. Uh, Everything is just a voltage, so the software doesn't know a difference, and because of that, you can mix the two, and you can put an audio input into the modulation input of another uh, module, and that will... uh, you know, give you cool effects, wave shaping, and things like that, or you can build an FM synthesizer from scratch with just four oscillators. Uh, It's a really fancy way to, uh, you know, think about uh, synthesis is when you start combining those concepts of the slow and the fast, or the audio rate. Uh, But anyway, uh, we have, I think, four new modules which are MIDI-based. The first one is CV MIDI, and let me bring this over here. So we have the MIDI to CV interface below here, and that converts a MIDI signal like my computer keyboard, which is just playing MIDI notes, into the control voltage gate and 1V per aux signal. This does the opposite. It takes 1V per aux signals or pitch signals and gate signals, and then we'll convert that to MIDI notes. So you can control your desktop synthesizer or your Juno or whatever using the VCV sequencers which have really grown in power since its release. Uh, We also have the uh, CV, let's see, that's what we just did. Uh, The CV to CC module is the uh, opposite of the old MIDI to CC. And what this does is uh, you can uh, insert a voltage uh, from rack, like an LFO with a sine wave going up and down And I can create a MIDI CC command and send it off to a controller to maybe control a hardware's filter cutoff or something. So I can use VCV back and forth between hardware and software, or the virtual version here. Um, And that's really powerful when you start using this as a partial replacement to Eurorack. If anyone has Eurorack modules, you can buy modules which uh, uh, have a MIDI to CC, or MIDI to CV, and vice versa, so you can go back and forth and so on um, with these three new modules. Uh, the last one is just a, a CV gate. If you have a drum machine up with up to like 16 uh, uh, notes, uh, you can sequence all those with other modules uh, in the virtual world. Um, and a lot of people are doing that to, uh, to drive their drum hardware using VCV, because again, the sequencers are uh, very powerful now with this. And it would take thousands of dollars to compete with the software with hardware. So a lot of people are realizing that and using the software with their hardware and, you know, having fun uh, combining the two. And then finally, uh, this is sort of a different feature, it's not a MIDI output module. Uh, it's a MIDI mapping module, and what this does is if I had a MIDI controller with a board of knobs, I can actually uh, you know, add it here. I can click this button, and it says Mapping. So it's ready to uh, begin mapping a knob in the virtual world. I can then go down and say, I want to control this VCF. And if you notice, uh, a yellow dot just appeared here. And that means that it's mapped uh, to that MIDI controller. I can right click here and it says MIDI map is now uh, assigned to this. I can unmap it by right clicking and uh, if I had a MIDI controller, all I would have to do is just turn the knob it would recognize that knob when I mapped it, and then I can turn the knob and control every knob or slider or button uh, in VCV rack so uh, that's one of I think the most exciting features for everyone else. Uh, I have a lot of MIDI controllers so it uh it makes this software very hands-on instead of just using a mouse. You can control two different knobs at the same time, which you can't do with a mouse. Yes, you can. Yeah, if you have a MIDI controller with just one knob on it, you can actually control you know all of the knobs at once. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, you could also just you know assign to multiple ones and. If you control the filter cutoff, for example, you can control all you know, four filters in your patch or something like that. Uh, but yeah, you can reassign uh, this mapping that I just created. You can delete it just by right clicking and then reassign it. Um, another cool feature is you can actually uh, right click, go to preset, which is probably too small to see, but you can just save the preset per module. and. Uh, that will be saved to a file. You can load it back into Rack or copy and paste it between two patches, for example. And uh, I can reuse the MIDI mapping that I just created. Uh, you know, if I if I have a patch that I commonly set up, or if uh, or if I've set up a, a, a uh, an arrangement of modules, I can just uh, load in the MIDI map patch that I created, and and your controller will automatically recognize that and map. Uh, based on your, your uh, preset patch here. Um, yeah, so there, there are a lot more uh, hidden features with VCV 1.0, uh, just by right-clicking on panels. Uh, a lot of modules have hidden features. Sometimes in hardware, there are multi-state, uh, you know, engines where you can press a button to scroll through a certain menu. Uh, it makes it very easy to port that over to software by just adding a context menu option. So, for example, uh, Mutable Instruments Elements is available in uh, in VCB Rack, and it has uh, three alternative modes. Um, I can just select each of these alternative modes with a menu, and uh, you know, just like many other modules, uh, this will change its internal state to change the sound by uh, you know giving the same panel interface and all the ports. It just changes the sound or the engine or the uh, the method that you're using. Uh, so there are many ways to control modules. Uh, and uh, that makes it a lot easier. Not this in particular, uh, although I'm not sure if uh, someone has ported uh, mutable elements as as a fork of this, but you can find alternative modes uh, in other plugins, and you know this would be one of the 1200 plugins I'm sure someone has uh, made something else, but you can't in this uh, the uh, the audible instruments fork is the uh, the fork that we created for the mutable instruments hardware. And it's a direct firmware port, so you can uh listen to the firmware, it sounds the same as the software. But uh no, there's there's no way to do that with uh, our built-in uh system, but I'm sure someone's done it. And if not, it might be pretty easy to do <coughs> just by adding like a port or another button or something. Uh, you know, uh, for example, actually we have uh, braids, you can right-click here and enable meta-mode, and that enables this uh, frequency modulation to actually control the the multi-state mode here. So this has, I think, like 46 uh, different models for synthesis. So there are ways to do that. Um, So let's see, uh, like I said, there are uh, 150 developers. I think between them, they've made 170 plugins. One plugin can, t- can, can contain multiple modules. Uh, so uh, when you download a plugin, you get everything by one creator, uh, and uh, they usually kind of match in functionality or appearance. Um, so you can use the uh, the VCV Rack website to uh, add all these plugins to your VCV account, and it will automatically be synchronized into your VCV Rack installation. And, Anyone that's used VCV has probably done this before because uh, I think by default it includes, uh, the the base download includes maybe 25 modules or so. So to really expand uh, what you do, you can register for an account and just click on the free ones if you want, or you can buy them. Uh, And this is what it looks like. You'd have this plugin library, and as I scroll down, I can see all the plugins anyone has created. Uh, If it has source code, if it's on GitHub or GitLab or something, you can just click source to see that. Or if it has a website, uh, you can click on that. But yeah, uh, the basic idea is you just click free. You go back into Rack. You synchronize your plugin, and then you can now see that in that module browser. So uh, I think I have like 946 installed. So that's uh, <laughs> you know that's uh, all the the red ones that you see here, and all the ones that I've uh, purchased here. Um, I'm not an expert at all the modules, if you ask the VCV community, they'll know exactly what clock generators to use and, you know, clock multipliers and things like that. Uh, I'm not a huge expert, I just download and use them just in my own leisure, but some people are experts at this, so uh, of the, I think, 120,000 users, uh, you can find probably 20,000 of them on Facebook and then maybe 5,000 on Twitter, so, uh, they're big communities. We also have a community forum at community.vcbrack.com, which is just Rack stuff, so you can get really specific into the modules and the development of Rack. Um, so, uh, also, um, I do have all the uh, commercial ones, so if anyone just like, really wants to come up and uh, demo one of the commercial ones, you can do that if you want. Uh, let's see. So that's the VCV library. We have a, a couple maintainers for this library to, to take all this software that uh, people are you know developing and combine it into this one centralized database so that people can just look and search for a clock generator, or things like that. We will later overhaul the library where you can see uh, screenshots of modules before downloading or purchasing them and, uh, and see YouTube demos on one page. So we'll have a one-page system uh, per module or per plugin, and then you can search for LFO. You'll pull up, sort of like modular grid, if you're ever into hardware, uh, it'll be the same thing, just a different UI, so you can search you know, for LFOs, you get probably 300 LFOs, you click on the one that you're interested in, and then just click add, and then synchronize, and you can get that one LFO in your account. Uh, it's a really low uh, bar way to satisfy that gear addiction syndrome that probably most of you guys have. Uh. <laughs> Um it's very fast to do that. So uh so I, I think uh you know there are several features in uh VCU 1.0 that uh I could go over like you know, I can right click and then set a certain value like zero point one, or if I want to set the frequency of an oscillator, I can just type in four forty and it would uh be set instantly. Uh in the old version, uh you could just you know, move things, and and with your ear, you could tell that the pitch is being changed, but that's kinda difficult, so now you can type in, you know, your exact frequency, or your exact cutoff frequency, exact milliseconds for your attack, and things like that. It's just all these necessary features that people kind of expect when they download this software. We've added that into 1.0. But yeah, okay, so I'm gonna uh, stop here with the 1.0 features and discuss uh, the future of VCV and some of the plugins that will uh, be added. So uh, why do we need more plugins when we already have 1,200? Uh, well, it's fun, a lot of people already have those 1,200, so they want you know 1,200 more. Uh, but also, uh, we're having a lot of uh, Eurorite manufacturers uh, interested in this platform, and what they want to do is take their hardware that they've worked really hard and uh, developed on, and uh, we want to port that into VCV for demoing or for just using and uh, you know learning how uh, certain modules work, and then buying them in hardware and so on. So companies are interested in uh, giving us their their firmware, and uh, either free open source or commercial plugins will be released, which feature all those uh, Eurorack modules, or Buchla format clones, or you know other other synthesizer-ish things. Uh, We'd like to port those into vcv. And uh, so let me uh, open up my development version of Rack so I can show off these uh, unreleased ones. Um, So let's see if I can do this really quick. So This is in C++. Uh, It uses probably 20 some open source libraries, but uh, the graphics is rendered with OpenGL uh, we use NanoVG, which is a really great vector graphics library. And uh, also if anyone's interested in open source software, I think we'll start uh, offering some little micro grants uh, to add features to all these open source uh, packages, which would benefit VCV, but it also benefit you know, any other software that uses that. So uh, if you follow the VCV community and the Twitter, maybe later this year we'll offer that and we can take applications and start funding people. We'd love to start doing that. Uh, it helps everyone and uh, it's kind of the, the the good thing to do to give back to these things that we've been using for the past two years. Um, so this is, uh, uh, this plugin is is part of the new uh, Grayscale package. Uh, if anyone's really deep into VCV, you might have noticed that Grayscale is uh, not available for 1.0 yet. That's because we're uh, reworking uh, some of the firmware and. Uh, Getting everything synchronized exactly with the hardware, and then we'll release 1.0. But we also want to include in that release uh, four new modules, or I guess you could say uh, two new modules with uh, three variants of each of those. So, uh, Grayscale is a company uh, in in the West uh, <laughs> where uh, you can buy uh, Eurorack and Buchla format modules. And uh, this is also my graphic designer for uh, a lot of the other modules that we release for VCV. So uh, you can go out and buy these for, uh, I think this large one is like 450 or something, and, and the smaller ones get a little bit cheaper. But you can now try this out before you buy, or you can just try it out and use it, and learn it and have fun with it. Uh, if you're familiar with the, uh, uh, the Turing machine, it's a, it's a fancy module by Tom Whitwell of uh, Music Thing Modular. And it generates these uh, slowly evolving uh, genomes, which is what he calls them, uh, which create, uh, <laughs> which create sort of like a, a, a gate signal um, in a measure or two measure time, and and you can change this gate signal by uh, sending modulation or other things into the module. This is an expansion of that. And uh, I don't have a patch which demonstrates that, and we're actually not done with the software. Uh, you should be able to see this released uh, as a free package probably a month from now. But uh, yeah, here it is, permutation. We have got three variants, um, depending on how much modulation you need or how many gate outputs you need. And then we also have a voltage expander. Oop, I think that's my fault, on. There we go, oh, that was the best, the fastest recovery I've ever had with that. Uh, okay, well Mike. Uh, okay, just let me know if it shuts down. <laughs> okay, so this is a Variant, and it also demonstrates uh, another really cool feature about 1.0, and that is uh, expander modules. So what I can do is take this module, I can drag it around. If I put it to the right of another module, then it will connect to that module and start making uh, it basically uses the uh, mother module as its brain, and it, it offers, uh, you know, expanded ports and controls for the original module uh, if, if you want to uh, add more functionality after creating your patch. So, uh, you know, how this works in real life or in hardware is you would take a uh, bus cable in the back and connect them together, and uh, usually uh, you put them right next to each other. You can plug in a port into one. It would affect the output of another, and it's a way for modules to communicate back and forth uh, in a patch without cables. So right now it's just taking the gates from this permutation module, and when I detach it, it turns off because it loses its brain, essentially. Uh, it works with all the, the permutation um, versions. Uh, this larger one is sending gates and so on. And so uh, I haven't seen too many modules take advantage of this expander feature, but as soon as we launched this and a few other modules that do, I think we'd start seeing mixers where you can combine multiple mixers together, and they'll mix into a final you know, uh, master output or something. Um, and uh, I think it's a really nice feature that still kind of simulates the Eurorack uh, hardware, because you can find many expanders for Eurorack. Uh, but it just makes things easier for you so you don't have to patch multiple times. So that's a Grayscale, again, about one month from now or so. Uh, I release things at the speed of Eurorack, if you can't tell, and that means, you know, like three months later than what I say, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but this one, oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, okay, if it doesn't go out on me again. Uh, this is another new module, and some of you might be familiar with this. Uh, voltage Block by Moleco. We have Variegate 8+, Variegate 4+, and then we have 11 more modules from Moleco that we're gonna include in this plugin. So this will be commercially available probably four months from now. Um, these are just the non-functional panels. All the LEDs are just lit up right now. but. Uh, It'll also have the, the expander features, so I can just shove them next to each other, and then uh, it'll synchronize, and so you can control your song with, uh, with you know, one of these modules, and then it'll control the other uh, module as an expander. Uh, so we'll also have other modules like the Quad LFO and Quad Envelope Generator, and all these things that you can buy in hardware, and uh, you can then buy them Uh, as VCV rack versions. So we're excited to offer this as uh, our next, you know, full-blown Eurorack manufacturer. We'll be adding uh, more of them in the future, but this is the one that uh, will probably come first. Uh, Grayscale has already been released uh, above here, but uh, these are the three, or the four new modules that are coming out. Uh, and then uh, one last one uh, some people are familiar with this brand, but we have uh, two new modules. this is burst and muck slicer and uh, these modules are very bizarre. I haven't really seen something uh, you know have this uh this sort of modulatable uh, front panel but uh you know burst is uh, is based on the concept where if you take a trigger then it'll generate just a burst of Many more triggers. So you can set the number of triggers you want to burst whenever receiving an input. Uh, I think it also uh it, it self clocks, so if you don't have a clock generator in here, it'll just generate bursts at random. For example, uh, you know, there are many things you can do with modular, but uh, the, the idea that came to me when I first uh, started working on this is uh, in in like the old uh, 808 and 909 uh, drum machines, you could actually stack up multiple clap sounds. Or multiple snare sounds to make a thicker uh, percussion, uh, percussive hit, and so you can do that with burst. You can say, "I want uh, four hits all within 10 milliseconds of each other," and then you can uh, clap them together using just one hit from a sequencer, for example. There's a you know level of randomness, and it has a probability button, uh, and then a timing and distribution, you can have more of those burst uh, triggers at the beginning and more of them at the end and so on. So it's a really cool way to just, you know, create lots of triggers which can be used to create lots of sounds or envelopes or things like that. Uh, Mux Slicer is uh, just a really, uh, you know, fully functioned uh, uh, sequential switch. And so there are two versions of the Mux Slicer. Uh, in hardware there's only one, but in VCV you have two where you have Uh, one input and then eight outputs, or as many as you want, up to eight. And then the other, you have eight inputs and then one output, so you can switch between each of these inputs or outputs, uh, just like a sequential switch, but you can also change the level of them. And uh, uh, if, if, uh, let's see, all these ports are are, uh, normalized to 10 volts, which basically means that uh, you get the full signal if you don't plug in anything, so I can use this as a sequencer just by, you know, creating sounds like this. And so I have this running, you know, in an eight-step mode, and uh, you can use this to replace your sequencer, but also add some sequential sequencer concepts in, uh, as well, if you want to, you know, put a LFO into one of these channels, you'll have, uh, you know, a full step, and then you'll have an LFO step, which will be varying over time, and then you have another full step, for example. So, really neat way to, uh, Uh, to feature all of these uh, concepts all in one together. Is it cutting out behind me, because I, okay, okay, awesome. (laughs) All right, so uh, those are the the immediate uh, new plugins, and uh, I'm excited to be working on this with all these three companies. Uh, And so I think I'd like to give you a really quick development tutorial, and if you're not into development, it's at least a really great way to see what it takes for developers to make these plugins. And it's very easy with 1.0. We have a manual. Uh, if you go to the VCB website and click Manual, you click Plugin Tutorial or Plugin Development Tutorial. And then you just follow that. And you should have no problem uh, working with the Rack SDK. It supports any sort of editor uh, or text editor or IDE. and uh, It just uses the command line to build things, so it's very easy on all three of those platforms to build something. So uh, let me uh, close this and do a little terminal demonstration here. Is this good for the people in the back? Awesome, okay, awesome. (laughs) All right, so uh, uh, the first step is to download the Rack SDK, and you can find that on the plugin development tutorial when you go to that manual. Uh, once you download it, you can put it in a place. I've put it, you know, two directories, or I'll you know, see one directory behind me, and so I just, uh, uh, you know, give it a command to generate my initial plugin template, just like you're creating a new, like NPM project or something. It's the same idea. So what I would do is type in helper.py, which is the, uh, you know, helper script for creating all these templates and build your plugins, and I would create. Uh, I, I run the create module, or create plugin command. I type in a plugin, let's just call it my plugin. I hit enter, and it'll start interrogating you with information about your plugin. You can just fill out the default information for all, all of these things. You know. And uh, what it's done is uh, it'll create this folder called my plugin right here, and then I can cd into it and get a list of all the files it created. So we have a make file, which is just the one-stop build solution for this. Uh, the plugin.json includes all that uh, information or, or the metadata that it asks you about, and you can edit that file to change the name of your plugin or, or the tags of your module or whatever. Your source code goes in source or SRC, and then all your resource files like graphics and uh, your SVG vector graphics files will go into res. So, uh, what I have prepared is a little plugin here. Uh, I just created a my module plugin, and uh, the interesting thing here is uh, you can see uh, sort of you can see a color code uh, for the components that will go on this panel. So uh, in this sort of color code, which is in the manual, uh, you can see magenta, which will represent an LED or any sort of multicolored light. And uh, red represents a parameter, or a knob in this case. Green is an input, and then blue is an output. So this is just the simplest oscillator that you can design with a little LED that will blink, for example. And so what I wanna do is use this panel to generate my template C++ file. And like I answered your question before, uh, this is in C++. If C++ is not your forte, uh, we are, uh, implementing a new plugin called VCV Prototype, which takes a lot of scripting languages and offers a, uh, a panel where you don't even have to design your own panel. You can just uh, start working with with prototypes. That's why it's called VCV Prototype, and uh, uh, you can create, you know, a, a little script either in JavaScript or Python or whatever scripting languages we add. We have to add like Faust and Julia and just any weird stuff so that people can experiment with uh, whatever their favorite language is, and uh, they'll be able to you know right-click the panel and then load a scripting language. But this right here is how to create a just a raw C++ plugin which gives you all the functionality that VCB has to offer. So what I want to do here is uh, I've downloaded the uh, the panel to mymodule.svg. I'm just going to put this in res and uh, you can use Illustrator or Inkscape or anything to uh, design these SVG files as long as you can just get a compliant SVG. Um, there are a few limitations, uh, like you can't embed images or fonts in there, uh, so you'd have to convert your fonts to paths, and that you know, saves you legality problems as well for distributing fonts, so it, it kind of helps out everyone in the end uh, when you just distribute your burned-in fonts into this vector uh, graphics format. But anyway, uh, so I have this SVG prepared here, and uh, I'll use this helper script, which I used to create the plugin uh, template. i want to create the module, and it's called my myModule. Uh, the resource file is in res slash myModule.svg, and then let's create a file called myModule.cpp. And now it's gonna question me with stuff. Let's put a space in here. And then here we go. So it's created the uh, the my module file, and when we created our plugin, it created just a, a template plugin.cpp and plugin.hpp file. So uh, you know we should be able to uh, c- compile this now. But first, we have to enable the uh, the plugin. Let me increase the font here. Uh, So here's my .hpp file. All this does is just tell uh, the, uh, it it tells Rack, using its API, uh, that your module exists. So we just add this module pointer thing, and then we have uh, the plugin.cpp, and this is when it actually adds that uh, to the module in the init function, which is called uh, whenever your plugin boots up. So in this my module file, there are really two classes that you have to deal with. The first is your module, and this is what actually implements the DSP and all the, the audio code, or all the gate and trigger logic. Uh, it'll generate all these uh, parameters, inputs, outputs, and lights, which were on the panel. So it recognized that we had one of each, and then it, uh, it'll generate this process function, which is where we would put our, our DSP. So in this process function, uh, the goal is to advance the time forward by one sample. So if you're at uh, 44.1k uh, kilohertz uh, sample rate, then this would advance uh, in time by one over 44,000 seconds. Um, and so I can, you know, implement my output by just saying outputs, and sign output, set voltage, and then just do like sine of, uh, you know, the phase or something like that. But I'm just gonna leave this out, I'll leave this, you know, as an exercise for the reader. But if you don't want to do that, it's on the manual. It tells you how to do all this stuff. Uh, and then the second class, we have a module widget, which defines all of your uh, your uh, widgets that you would place on the module or all the components. And so this is where we'd actually put, you know, the screws, for example. It generated four screws so that it doesn't fall out of the rack, and then we have uh, the, the pitch parameter. We have your input, output, and... Uh, It generated a red light. So now, we should be able to compile since we we just uh, enabled this module. It It is, I auto-save, because I I make that mistake too often. There we go, okay, so I can run make, and if everything's good, then it'll compile. So what it does is creates a uh, plugin.dileb file, And uh, since I'm on Mac, it's a Mac-specific binary. Uh, We have build systems where you can just give us the source and it'll build all three platforms. But if you just wanna try this out on your computer, you can build it right now uh, on your Mac. And so if I go back to Rack in the development version, I should be able to uh, find the module here. So I just right-click and then here it is. It's it's my module with this pitch knob and I can interact with it because it was, uh, what color was it, like pink or something? No, that one's pink. I don't know, that was yellow, red, okay, yeah, you win. If I had candy, I'd like throw it here. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, this is a, a, you know, a fully interactive uh, knob widget, and you can change the appearance of it by just changing the source code that it generated. We have the inputs, which are automatically connected to the uh, process function, and then the outputs, and we can set the value of this, uh, this LED. So that's all it is, um, you know, in, in real life uh, you'd want to uh, go back into your Illustrator or Inkscape and then delete all the uh, components or just hide the components layer. Because now, you know, I can see this uh, pink thing. That's just a colored code so that you can know where to place the things, which are automatically generated. But uh, yeah, after, after uh, everything's in place and you're certain that it looks good, you can just delete all those and you'll have a fully functional panel. So uh, Illustrator and Inkscape are really great tools for taking the CAD files that Eurorack manufacturers give me or other people. So if if you already have a panel that you're sending off to be printed, uh, you can actually just import that into Rack. And that's why it's very easy for these Eurorack uh, modules to be ported into software. Uh, it's also C++, so it will automatically compile C or C++ firmware. All it needs to do is just from whatever platform it is into your desktop eight, x86 uh, you know 64 platform. So uh, it it makes you know the realism of Eurorack and it, it makes accessing the realism very easy for plugin developers, and that's why we kind of designed it the way we did. Uh, but that's that's it for the uh plugin uh, development tutorial. Again, there's more information on the website. I also offer a, a, a DSP manual, which is probably 10-ish pages about uh, how you can learn DSP from really no mathematics experience. And if you want to learn how, uh, you know, an oscillator works or how a filter works, it'll get to that point. And it's very specific to modular synthesizers, so it's good for you know people developing VCV rack plugins to learn about it. There are also uh, you know dozens of resources on the top of the page that uh, you can download or, or read if you want to learn more about it beyond uh, that initial manual. Um, I guess that's about it for the uh, 1.0, the future developments, and then the plugin development tutorial. But let me just finish out with uh, one more patch. Uh, let's see if this will work. This is the. Uh This is a very quiet patch, but anyway. So uh, I guess right now I'll just kind of show off what's in this patch really quick, and then I'll finish up. Uh, Some of my uh, favorites here are this new Geodesics uh, plugin, and Geodesics. was the result of two people combining their expertise, and this is why the uh, plugin development community is so powerful. Everyone's very well connected, we know each other's names. So this is uh, created by a programmer named Marc from France, and then uh, a graphic designer also from France named Pierre. And they uh, came together and they they realized that they were lacking in the skills that you know each other had, and then they combined together to make this thing which is you know, it's a really crazy synthesizer. It's very beautiful. You can buy T-shirts with the outline of it, uh, and uh, they're just expanding. and I'd love to hear, or I'd love to see this uh, be ported back into your rack. And you know, you you go the full circle if you do that. Uh, that's actually happening with uh, Volt, and I'm wearing the T-shirt for Volt because it's probably my favorite audio to ever come out of a VCV Rack plugin. Uh, Volt uh, works for uh, Walfram Research, I think, and uh, he's just an expert at modeling analog circuitry. So he he can take any circuit, or any synthesizer, or drum machine, or anything, understand how it works to a very intuitive level, down to every part, and then combines that together to make uh, a DSP implementation of it. And so that's what he's done with all these plugins, and uh, whenever I right-click, I think they're some of the first that come up. Uh, He's just got several, and all of these are top-notch. Um, They're emulations of very vintage synthesizers and very modern ones. Uh, They're just the hands-down best sound you can ever get out of this stuff, if you're really into just the sound of filters and the sound of oscillators. So uh, Rampage is uh, also hardware. Oh yeah, Volt has made uh, hardware from the software. So normally, uh, most people porting hardware to software meticulously design their DSP algorithms to model after the hardware. Or after the yeah after the hardware but in this case uh, he wrote the software and it sounded really great so he was trying to find analog circuits that would sort of match that and so he released uh, I think he has like three modules now one of them is analog and then two of them are digital uh, with you know computers in the back or like little stm32 chips uh, and uh, yeah they started from VCD and now you can actually buy them for uh, for your yourrack synthesizer uh, Befaco is another one of my favorites. I've got probably ten modules out so far. Rampage is based on the the surge, uh, like dual dual universal slope generator, and uh, it just does everything. It's like your central computer for your patch, and you know you could just spend hours uh, learning what each of these are. And it's it's easier than it seems because when you look at someone else's patch, you have no idea how they got to this point. But if you mess with it yourself, that's the idea. Uh, You get to learn everything, and then you say, oh, I think this should go into this input, and it's just uh, pretty straightforward from there. So that summarizes my talk. Uh, Thank you so much for coming out. (laughs) All right. Yes, let me turn this down first. Uh, Here we go. Yes, so let me talk about uh, VST really quick. There are two things you can mean uh, with VST support. The first uh, we've already done using the, uh, the VCV host. And uh, this allows you to host VST plugins within VCV rack. So if I, uh, I, this is my presentation computer, so I don't have uh, too many VSTs in here, but uh, I can load up a VST, I can click a knob to map it to one of these uh, ports, and then uh, I, I just click learn and I can modulate it with LFOs or something. So you can automate all of your ports to move with with uh, modulation and envelopes and things like that. Uh, and so this supports uh, almost every VST2 plugin out there, uh, including instruments and effects. And the effect plugin, which is here, is a stereo, so you can process your stereo channels and throw in reverbs that are you know, like, industry standard, and and use it here. Uh, And then we also just released an extra-large version of it for, you know, you can use this for ambisonics if you, uh, like, mixing multiple channels and things like that, but also, uh, I use Native Instruments Contact. You can load that in here, and then you can have eight outputs, uh, or four stereo outputs. Uh, So, the the other, Possible meaning of that question would be: Can I use VCV Rack itself as a VST plugin? This is something we plan to do uh, later this year or early next year. So around December or January, we'll release Rack 2.0, and then a couple weeks after that, we'll release a VST plugin. The VST version of Rack will be commercial, but the standalone version will always be open source, GPL licensed by us. Um, and uh, the VST uh, commercial plugin will, will give you full modulation of all the parameters. Uh, so you can, you can use Ableton Live or Cubase to draw curves, which would then play back and uh, adjust the knobs and parameters uh, in VCV Rack. Uh, I think it'll support 16 inputs and 16 outputs, so you can use it as a multi-effect processor. And there are just several things you can do. Uh, also, modular synthesizers, can make uh, wavetables and subtractive patches all day, so you can use this just in your standard electro, like house music, if you want. Um. Uh, yeah, so the Bridge uh, sort of works, but it's it's non-supported and it's deprecated by us. Uh, it just became too expensive to support, because we've gotten, I think, over 500 support queries about Bridge, just you know getting it to work with their system and stuff like that, and we realized this is something that wasn't really in the direction of where VCV wanted to go. But people still wanted it, so uh, that's why we're commercially offering the, uh, the actual VST plugin. So instead of a bridge, uh, and he's talking about uh, VCV bridge, which is um, a way to uh, load up the standalone version of Rack and then load up a VST plugin in uh, your digital audio workstation software and uh, communicate between the two. And you can send MIDI and send inputs and, and outputs uh, in audio uh, but uh, we just had so many problems, it, it's just a, you know, design, it's an expensive design disaster, uh, so uh, we dropped support for it. It'll still work uh, up until version two, um, although it'll still have all those problems, so we're just working on improving it later. Yep, yep. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no UI for it yet, but uh, you can actually just open it up in your favorite text editor. Let's see if I can do that. Um, So, uh, you know, if I'm doing this the command line way, but you can just open it up and... Actually, let me show you this way. Uh, So in Finder, uh, all of your settings for Rack are stored in document slash Rack on both Mac and Windows, and then on Linux, it's uh, the home directory slash dot Rack. So you go into that folder and you open up uh, settings-v1 with, let's say, Sublime Text, and then what I can do is is change uh, all the co- cable colors with this. So everything is JSON in or JSON in uh, in VCV. So you you can unlock a lot of hidden features like the frame rate. Uh, you can decrease the frame rate from 60 down to something lower to get better performance. Uh, you can. Uh, disable autosave if you want to get even better performance and things like that. But yeah, you just set the cable colors with uh, HTML uh, triplets, and uh, it should uh, cycle through those. So a lot of people are making their own color schemes, which kind of uh, it, you know, inspire their patches. You can recognize that it's one person's patch by the color of their patch cables. We like doing that way because it gives people something to kind of visually uh, customize. Yeah, so uh, let's see, if I delete just this one, uh, it'll, you know, just cycle through one of them. So let me just uh, prove that here. So for every cable I create, oh, what's happening here? Oh, that's right, this is the development version. This is the main version. Yeah, so now, uh, all these cables are saved into the patch, so they'll be unchanged, but now it'll only be yellow. So if you only like yellow cables, you can comment that out. If you want to have like 20 different cable colors, you can do that as well. Just extra customization. <clears throat> Did you have, yes? Um, so, you can patch anything into any in Europe, but uh, do you distinguish internally between like, audio range? No, not at all. And here's uh, one of the, uh, the powers of not being able to distinguish. Uh, you can create a patch. Let's let's. uh, Oh, uh, by the way, if you want to wipe out your entire patch, it's just like a first-person shooter. You just click and aim and hold delete, so you can delete everything. But it also has undo. That's another thing that a lot of people were asking about, and then redo. Uh, So yeah, if I have uh, two VCOs, well, let's say if I have just one VCO, that's going to be loud. Let's turn that down. Okay, so here's just one sine wave. What I can do is modulate the frequency with an LFO by just plugging into the FM input. And then it'll uh, it'll modulate based on this frequency. And in very tiny font on my computer because the projector changed my resolution, it says 12 hertz. But what I can do is actually just plug it into another LFO, or sorry, another VCO. And uh, I can get out, Let's visualize this. Uh, the scope is a really handy way to uh, see what's going on with your patches. Um, so we can sort of wave shape things with, with FM synthesis. Just by modulating very quickly, and that's essentially what that does. So th- this is sort of... Um, You know, the innovation of the late 70s, early 80s is FM synthesis. And you can do that with just two oscillators here. So it's really cool when you combine that concept of audio and control voltage and just say they're the same thing. You can use an audio rate signal into any CV input uh, with varying results. Sometimes they sound good with FM synthesis. Sometimes uh, it just kind of destroys the sound, but sometimes you want that. Yep, exactly. In your code, you just have a single voltage at a given time, and you just advance by steps. You can also buffer if you like that, uh, but that's up to the pr- the plugin developer. There's instructions for doing on- all that on the forums. Yeah. Do you, uh, are there any hardware manufacturers that you've got on actually? Try to get modules and. Uh, somewhat. Uh, sometimes they come to me because they're using VCV as a sort of demo platform. But uh, a few uh, people have, um, you know, like some of the Eurorack manufacturers that I haven't mentioned yet, uh, I've chased down as well. So, you know, people are pretty receptive to, like, well, if, if uh, I do the porting or if I hire someone to do the porting, then uh, as long as it's good, we'll allow it. So, a lot of people are, are up for that kind of thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, so video modular. Um, one of the kind of hidden features in Rack 1.0 is, uh, is if you go under Engine, you can set the sample rate to uh, almost one megahertz. So this is uh, 768 kilohertz. That is getting close to the video modular form. And there are other, or uh, the video modular sample rates, that you need to, to fully get uh, analog video in this platform. Um, what you would need is uh, oscillators that can go up to that high. And then you would also need uh, very efficient oscillators because since you're going at a higher sample rate, you have to generate you know, six times, 16 times more uh, voltages or signals. And uh, uh, I'm somewhat soon, maybe before the end of this year, I'll be releasing a, an RGB VGA monitor plugin. So you just give it a scan line and a reset and the RGB colors, and then you can view what you're doing. So later on, maybe several months after that, you can just load an MP4 file, and then play it back into this analog signal, and then filter the signal, run it through sample and holds, do all this sort of weird stuff, and then you can you know mess with it in visual form. And since the zoom kind of allows you to full screen a lot of this stuff, uh, uh, I think that's a really attractive feature for, for visual artists. And VCV is not the first software to want to attempt to do a video modular? I could name probably eight, but, uh, you know, it, it has a, a large, uh, collection of already existing modules, so you might as well use that for the higher sample rate stuff to get video, yeah. Can you explain about the latency, the sample latency, is it like the order of the modules in the diagram or Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think in, um, Max and Pure Data, it is, you know, the, the order of the modules on the screen defines the, uh, the rate, or the, the, um, the order of execution here. But uh, the way that Rack works, or how the internal engine works, is uh, every cable induces a one sample delay. And uh, the algorithm for stepping all the, these modules is uh, to step the modules, and then step the cables, and then step the modules again. And you just, you alternate between that frame by frame. And it is multi-threaded, so that you have you know eight threads uh, stepping the modules, and then one thread that just goes very quickly and sends all the input uh, sends all the outputs to the inputs that are connected by cables. So uh, what that allows you to do is make you know self FM patches. Uh, I really like doing this with my own patches. If we have a normal VCF here, uh, say that I just don't want to use another VCF to wave shape this, but I want a sound that's a little bit less boring than a sine wave, I can just take this sine output and then plug it into FM, and then I can you know self-modulate it like that. So you get really weird stuff. You can take this out and go into a saw. And These are wave shapes that can't come from those original uh, geometric waveforms, the sine, tri, uh, saw, and square. But uh, yeah, the, the self-patching allows you to have a very fast feedback loop, which is only one sample long, and that's the reason for doing it that way. Yes? Is there any way to record parameter changes? Yeah, there's um, a new module that just released. This is third party. I think it's, uh, it's in a plugin called Pack One, if you go onto the uh, VCV library website. Let's see if you can find it. Uh, yeah, here we go. Um, I think it's called, there's remove. So what I would do is I click uh, I click the map button, click the frequency of this uh, VCO, and now it's scrolling through, it says that it's mapped. I can hit record, and then any movement I do is going to actually be recorded on uh, the screen here. And then I can stop it, I can play it back, and then hands-free I can control that VCO. You can also you know, trigger it. And then speed it up uh, based on CV, but uh, this is a third-party plugin. So you can, you know, theoretically design plugins that can control any part of Rack, even other modules. And it can get kind of abusive sometimes because if you have access to other modules' parameters, you can, you know, do really weird stuff. But uh, people are using it in very creative ways, so we've kind of kept it around. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I forgot to talk about OSC stuff. Oh yeah, the OSC. Uh, There is uh, just one module that I'm aware of that is basically an alternative for that MIDI to CC uh, uh, module here. Uh, I don't know too much about it because I don't actually use OSC, but uh, it has the same idea. You uh, select your device and then you can, I think it allows you to actually map parameters directly like I just did. I've also forgotten what it's called, but if you go into the uh, the community VCV forums and just search for OST or OSC, uh, I'm sure that you can find the name of that plugin and it should be available. Trowelsoft. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah, Trowelsoft. I forgot who developed that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert on the modules. Uh, I only use like one third of them because I like, I don't have time. It's just too much. <laughs> but uh, not every module is for everyone, so. It, You know, you just uh, use what you need and and only uh, load that into your patch. So it's usually not that overwhelming. (laughs) Sometimes it is. Yes? So uh, there are forks of VCV Rack for ARM 64, I think. And uh, there's, a, there's like an open source hardware project to try to put that behind a Eurorack panel. I don't really know where it's going. Uh, I think they have some, you know, they're pretty far along in development. They've already made the software work. It just runs, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. But yeah, I think it just runs Linux and then uh, you can load up a patch. Uh, Rack sort of works in headless mode. So uh, it's very close to having full headless mode support. Maybe that will be a version two thing. It just It's just a weekend of, of a project. It's not that, it's not that big. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we need like a headless patch loader. You plug in a USB drive, I assume that's how it works, and then it loads a patch off of that. And uh, you can hear it and you can modulate it using the uh, the inputs on the front panel. Um, but yeah, that's this plan. I haven't really talked to him about it, but uh, he seems like he's uh, going along pretty fast. So it, it might be a few months, and and you can just buy a, uh, a hardware version of VCV Rack. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Yes? Are there any standards for the modules? So I see like a variety, but it looks like we have a couple, little tiny bit of in there? Yeah. The, 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 Yeah, so uh, some knobs are shinier than others. I think uh, we this is the design that we kind of went with as the uh, standard setting. Uh, it, it's very easy, which means that a plugin developer that might not be a good graphic designer can still make something that fits in with the design, and it becomes a, a good design. Uh, there is a little bit of a shadow here, which is automatically added, but you can turn it off. So by kind of automatically adding it, we get this, you know, pseudo pseudo uh, flat. Um, design and uh, for the other modules uh, you know there are varying levels of you know graphic design uh, ability with all these uh, module creators and plugin designers Uh, but what we like doing is kind of opening it up and just saying that you know anyone can have any design we're happy with it Uh, if we try to lock it down and actually restrict them or give them stringent requirements then uh, it starts kind of removing their creativity. And we found in the past that if we try doing that, then the designs end up looking worse. So by just allowing people to flow and you know, make new iterations of designs, uh, that incremental uh, method kind of uh, gives you better designs in the long term. So that's what we do, we just kind of uh, you know, let it free. And uh, we offer an example and if you don't want to follow the example, that's perfectly fine. Uh, we also have, you know, rendering limitations. If you try to render like gradients and and weird uh, things, uh, GPUs are not really good at gradients and like very detailed uh, text, for example. So uh, uh, it's it's also kind of a technical reason that we have this flat design as well. It makes the UI uh, fast, or it'll get faster with improvements on uh, NanoVG. But, uh, yeah, you know, if we open up the design standards and just let it freeze, then uh, in my opinion, they get better over time. Especially if things are open source and you can donate designs to it, yeah.
0: Are those, uh, like a lot of the, the interactive graphics that are going on, uh, are those also all?
1: Yeah, they're vector. Um, they're not SVG, obviously, because they uh, they're dynamic but uh you know for example uh i sell a plugin called parametra and uh with this it's just your standard h uh, eight band EQ. and uh i can modulate things with it it's calculating this filter response in real time and then uh it it renders all these lines so using the NanoVG vg uh api you can just tell it i want a line that looks like this and that's what my svg renderer does as well it takes an svg file it Sends commands to the uh, Nano SVG renderer, and then it just renders your panel. Uh, and then it, since SVGs are are static, it caches that into a frame buffer. So there are optimizations all over the place for that. But yeah, for the dynamic stuff, um, I mean, you can. Let's see if I uh, if I duplicate this cable, I can actually see the filter response here in the in the background. It might be a little bit hard to see. Uh, But I can also modulate the, uh, let's see, do I have an LFO over here? I can modulate the filter frequency. So uh, let's see, let's take number eight. And yeah, as you can see, it's changing here based on that LFO. And uh, you can modulate this at audio rate, and it'll still render that at 60 frames per second. So everything is really dynamic. Yes. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, actually I have two threads running for the audio right now um, because this is a 2014 laptop and only has like two cores. Uh, But yeah, there's just one main graphics threads and then however many audio threads you want. Uh, For synchronization, uh, there are ways to, uh, well, like if you change a knob or something, it's just setting that value directly like as an atomic and then if it uh if you repatch if i you know plug something in then it does uh you know wait until the audio buffer is filled and then and then repatches it but it's quick enough to where it, it's less than a 60th of a second so it looks real time sorry there's no locking? uh there is locking whenever you repatch and add modules but for normal use uh like, if you're doing stuff live, as long as you're not repatching, then uh, there's no locking going on. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got it. <laughs> You've probably read the source or something. <laughs> yes. Ooh, my favorites, uh, that's a really great question. So I use Parametra in a lot of my patches, but that's kind of like an advertisement because I made that, and it's $30. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I love all the Volt modules. Uh, I think it's called, ooh, Volt just crashed my computer. Let's see. Oh, I, I'm running the development version uh, for this. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry? the yellow still. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there he goes. I don't know why it takes so long for that dialog box to pop up. It's just one stack trace, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, here it is. It's called Ferox, and it is a CMOS filter. As far as I know, I think this is the first model of uh, the, the WASP filter of the late 70s. I've never seen a synthesizer that uses the WASP filter topology, but it sounds amazing. I can demo it. Uh, you know, demoing filters on a PA system is not the most entertaining, but uh, I just really like it. Let's see. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so it, it's uh, very uh, dirty,
0: and you know that's like what a watch sounds like. I've, I've used
1: the original synthesizers. If you increase the drive, it gets even even crazier. But you can see that uh, scope here going crazy. It's just a really smooth model. I just love that filter. Uh, like I said all, all the volt modules are just top notch if you want if you want to be like a you know a synthesizer audiophile or something then just use the volt ones because they're just amazing uh they're indistinguishable from what they're emulating and then they if you modulate it you can get better results than the than the hardware I think uh other modules uh, I really like the geodesics um they're just crazy uh this is like a it's like a multi-sequencer. You can have multiple uh, you know, uh, time signatures between two different uh, things. It is crazy. Uh, and then here's kind of uh, another advertisement. Scalar is pretty good. So Scalar takes a pitch CV, and then it quantizes it to either a 12-tone scale, or you can load up you know, 17-tone scales or six-tone scales. And then you can adjust them and you can add warping and uh a little bit of randomization and you can get some really vintage sounding uh chords and you know mono uh sequences out of this. Yes. Uh if I have Eurorack gear and I have some oscillators and I wanted to using like a uh ESA or something, mm-hmm. have it looped back, is there a module which does to yeah. tune to a tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah um so, if you have the ES8, uh, Expert Sleepers has, has launched some modules for VCV, and uh, this is—it's uh, kind of based on his uh, Silent Way modules. You can use this with an Audio8 module below. Uh, you would just select your ES8 here, and then just plug in the pitch output, and it, you hit start. It'll you know play sine waves and tune it, and then you can go through this and it'll be calibrated and everything. Does that answer your question? Okay. Yeah, so uh, he has 2 plugins. One of them is free, and then one of them is like $10. Uh, I don't know what the, the calibration module is, but uh, you know, $10 is pretty cheap if you've already bought the ES8 or something. <laughs> it's a free one as well. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I actually don't have an ES8. Uh, I just go over to my friend's house, and he has one, and I test it. But it, it works fine. Uh, some people, uh, I get a little bit confused because I think by default it's not calibrated and people assume that if you just plug in a pitch, then you'll get out exactly down to the, like, millivolt, Um, but you can't have that. (laughs) Maybe someday someone will release a fully calibrated or auto-calibrating module or something, but yeah. Okay, I think we're good with questions. Uh, Thank you so much, I love lots of questions, that's fantastic. Okay, thank you so much.
0: Show again for Andrew Bell, guys. Thanks a lot for coming, everybody. We're going to take a few minutes break, and then we're going to have Anti-Negative do a performance on VCV Rack.